0: Pow nail cool. brown cow.
1: Stop looking at the intro. <laughs> 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 the second time I put intro. <laughs> <laughs> Can we keep that in there? Everybody's <laughs> soundbite. China on the rocks. Hello. podcast. where we talk about China, drinking, drink culture, food beverage. And everything in between. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Comes to Marichelle Jameson. I happen to be Logan from Talkalicious. I'm joined by the wonderful, ever-present Alicia Bagley. Wow, <laughs> we well, went down rough. I'll... Always try. Yeah. Alicia
2: Bagley, please uh, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Alicia, cocktail writer, resident speaker on this here podcast. Um, and to my left... Is our... No, let's let's wait for you. To, to my middle, <laughs> to your, Calvin. To your opposite. <laughs> to my opposite. <laughs> to, to my jong. To my jongbian. This is Calvin.
0: I'm Calvin. Uh, In my free time, I cook Chinese street food. And I'm also business development manager for Crimson Pangolin Gin. And to my right is Mark
1: Owen, <laughs> Special guest star. Special guest.
3: Hello. Uh, my name's Walk. I look after a few bars in the city, I make a bit of gin every now and again, and I spend too much time with all these people in this room.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, as
3: always, Mark's
1: not wearing pants. Be we a very fun <laughs> episode We <laughs> have already guessed the botanical.
2: He used that joke. He used that joke before.
1: It's very distracting.
2: About me not wearing pants.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: It wasn't a joke. Here comes up whole a common misconception.
2: If doesn't wear pants,
1: we talk about it. It was a cry for help. <laughs> but, okay. So, this time we're, we, we all gathered here. We want to talk to Mark about botanicals. Yes. Botanical is uh, herbs. They're spices. They're basically, if you had a gin, you wouldn't have a gin without botanicals. Right. If you have vodka, it's just an astringent water. <laughs> With the <tuning. laughs> you need botanicals for. Yeah. Right? It's like Kentucky Fried Chicken. You have 13 herbs and spices. Same thing with with vodkas and gins and more jazz of vodkas.:
2: Is it 13 herbs and spices?:
1: Yeah, I think that's a secret recipe. How do you know if it's secret? Well, because that's what <laughs>
2: 13 specifically yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean I don't remember. Yeah,
0: yeah.' It's common knowledge.
2: Common knowledge so he, sorry, sorry, my he, he do go to college or
1: Florida He knows.
2: That's true. yeah, my just say guess.
1: Um but yeah, works here today. We're excited to talk about So Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. About, introduce yourself to the crowd, to so the, the teeming masses.
2: You like science and stuff, don't you?
3: I do like science, yes. I'm um, I do. i I'm a chemistry graduate, so a lot of what I do in the bars is generally based around sort of that background. We like to mess around with flavors. Our bar's quite famous for stupid, stupid stuff.
1: What's the bar called?
3: So it's called J. Borowski. There, um, there's over a thousand bugs in there, so if you're ac- acrophobic... Acrophobic? is Scared going out. but also if you're arachnophobic, you're not going to come, so it's okay. Um, so yeah, lots of bugs, lots of weird flavors, and there's no menu, so you can come in and literally order what you want, except for cosmopolitans. Except for cosmopolitans, because Logan asked you many times, so no. Every
1: gonna... <laughs> time, it's all this podcast is no <laughs> out with <laughs>
3: <laughs> Although we are still waiting for Logan to come to the bar and do a guest shift where he only makes cosmos.
1: Yeah. yeah. This trip, actually, not for real. I'll do it for a charity cause. If we could a charity, I'll raise money for whatever charity like uh that does something with copy, like breast cancer See right? Right, mean, pink ribbons, yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, you are it here first on this podcast, guys. So, Mark, honestly, is such a wonderful guy. Very, very knowledgeable about a lot of stuff that we want to learn more about. Jay Borowski kind of took Shanghai bartending by storm. They have another location in Hong Kong.
3: Yeah, I, Bangkok. Bangkok was the original. Yeah.
1: Bangkok's original, and then there's another location opening or something. What's What else is opening now?
3: Um, So we're doing... So Jay Broski is such a, it's such a big thing, so we can't do many of those in one city because they take too much time. So we're opening neighborhood bars now, so we're kind of going down a, a different path where we just want to make good classic cocktails, no weird flavors, nothing out of the blue, just make good solid drinks. Like a Hooters? Or If the service is as good as I hear Hooters was, then definitely. I would go. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> to Hooters or the Neighborhood
0: Bar? I don't know, Can we look at...
2: But these Neighborhood Projects are, are part of a different project. Not not really to... J- not
0: yeah, thing. no, it's J. Okay. J- Broski's, um... That is cool, though. It was one of our resolutions uh, on our last episode. Yes. Friendly Neighborhood Bars.
2: Yeah, Neighborhood Bars. Yeah. True.
1: yeah. It says, missing. and you will be all the buns. Yeah, we're doing, um... Closing it out. <laughs> or where's <resolution. laughs> <Man. laughs> and i the glamour back. Oh, guys, I full-circled that on purpose.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, we we just took over a, It's called the Somka building. So, it's a building that belonged to Chinese Jewish community for a long, long time. It's been closed for the best part of 20 years. So, uh, we're part of the F&B part side of that, where ATOR took it over. And they partnered with us to do all the food and beverage in the hotel.
2: So, it, uh, yeah, so it's a
3: boutique. It's a boutique hotel, yeah. Wow. Stunning, stunning building. Oh, like an incredible... Bro- Bro- Bro-
1: yeah, yeah. If I through myself here...
3: So, uh, Beijing and Szechuan, that calls
1: Very cool, guys. So, uh, everybody listening at home, it's something we definitely will want to check out in the future. And, okay, uh, so let's get into it.
2: Let's get into it. Okay, so talking about botanicals, of course, today we should kind of focus on botanicals in China, right? So, the first thing I kind of wanted to ask you guys is, what do you think when people outside of China are thinking about Chinese flavors or plants, vegetables, herbs, whatever, what do you think are kind of the stereotypical Chinese flavors?
1: How about it?
0: Uh stealing Logan's soy sauce.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the guys at home, we we uh talked about this before we started recording. Oh, you son look. <laughs> okay, so
2: so soy, there we go. So soy would be a first one. Okay. Uh Jasmine? Jasmine. Yep. That's very good, yeah. Yeah.
3: It comes up with
1: something on it.
3: Mark. Abrams. Mark. Uh, tea for me. Yeah, so.
2: for sure, tea. Any specific teas?
3: Black tea, green tea. Green. The, the generic, green tea, generic tea.
2: Probably green tea is yeah. what people think of outside of the U.S. Right. Uh, 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 blah, 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 blah. Rewind. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Keep back. In places like the U.S., et cetera, think about green tea for Chinese. Yeah. Uh, and I would think uh, in terms of like a... Plant, maybe like mandarin orange. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's pretty pretty common. chrysanthemum Osmanthus.
2: Well, well these are okay, you're getting to our next segment.
1: He's so bad. He's so my thunder. I don't know what it's gonna I was trying to put him on the spot to let him shine.
2: Okay. Okay. Alright. So now we've we've got some common things. Soy, green tea, mandarin orange. Anything else? there are a million things.
0: Ginger. Ginger, sure.
2: yeah ginger for sure okay now what about um, so what so obviously we have a lot of international bartenders spe- specifically here in Shanghai but you know more and more all over China and I think there are a couple of things when when an international bartender is trying to add like quote unquote Chinese flair or flavors to a cocktail like for me there's a there's a few things that I think they they add that um, are just now like oversaturating the quote unquote Chinese flair cocktails. Uh what what I have in my mind what those are. What do you guys think?
1: Oh, did you've dropped some star anise and
2: Okay, yeah, like, ease, the apt up star anise, yeah.
0: Sichuan peppercorn.
2: Sichuan peppercorn for me that is like the number one. It's like it's like this staple. Yeah. If you if you go to almost every bar and they've got a Sichuan peppercorn drink, right? Which is just I think I mean it's a flavor from one area of China mainly. Mark, any?
3: What about you? This one was the one I was going to go. Still that
2: one, yeah.
0: <laughs> How Logan? Logan so named one earlier, osmanthus.
2: Yeah, I, I think that osmanthus is.
3: Osmanthus, oh, yeah. longan, longan one. Yeah, long like wolfberry. I guess to call it nameless, right? Wolfberry, the red. Same family, it's no. same f-
1: Which which one is well...
3: longan? like a light cheese. Oh, okay. oh so. it's got tan shell, but it's not. It's not perfume, like I like cheese, it's, it's really dry.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like a Browler correct? No. Yeah, so it
2: Chinese it's a long, long yen, which is like, um, dragon's eye. Oh, okay, yeah. gosh. And
1: then the wolf fairy is the little red one you see in tea a lot.
2: The wolf, you mean like, um, uh... It's
1: currently like Hongdo or something. Like a, no,
2: Hongdo is, is red bean. Yeah.
0: Like t- the tiny red dates?
2: Um, like tiny red dates. No, so, what's
1: it, I want see in tea. Oh, what's it called? Goji. Yeah, Goji Berry. Berry. Yeah. Why do we call it? Is that Wolfberry? Think it's, wolfberry in it's the same thing. Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, I've I I never heard Wolfberry, though. Okay. Yeah, maybe okay. that's it's an American. Thing. Trend, trend. I think
1: that's something else, maybe. No, because like, even like a uh, uh, young man, we call waxberry in English, American English. Or Chinese bayberry. China, yeah. Which I've never seen a bayberry. Yeah. Or waxberry.
2: Yankee Candle has a bayberry scented candle. Wow, that's true. But I think it's American bayberry, some other kind of bayberry, It was other Chinese bayberry. Anyways, okay, yeah. So those are those are a few big ones that like every bartender likes to put in drinks. Now let's talk about some real Chinese ingredients. Um, I'm not supposed to clap, everyone. I'm sorry, it's very loud for your ears. Let's wrap about some. Let's talk about some real Chinese ingredients and in botanicals uh, that I think some of the more creative bartenders, definitely Chinese bartenders. um, Horse milk. Even. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a real, that's real. It's real. And horse milk is good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, local restaurants, things like that, will be using in their teas, their drinks, things like that. So, um, Mark, you you said that, you know, you're thinking about a talk called Beyond Tea, right? So why don't you talk about.
3: So, yeah, yeah, we've just submitted a proposal for Tales of Cocktail, which is a big like cocktail seminar happens in New Orleans every year. Um, called More Than Tea to try and educate bartenders about Chinese ingredients and just kind of how to put them into your bar program without being scared of them. Mm-hmm. So like Yang Mei is a really good one because again with China, it's hyper, sort of hyper-seasonal. Right. So we only have Yang Mei for what, a month yeah. of the whole year. One or two months, right? And then Chinese people are really accustomed to eating or drinking these things at the same time. So if you have Yang Mei in like now, yeah. people, it would be weird. They wouldn't order it because it's it's not the right time of year yeah so
2: i think i think that's a unique point to touch on as well that china is very seasonal you know in a lot of at at least in the u.s i'll say like a lot of ingredients of course you know your global farm stand whatever has um seasonal vegetables and fruits and things like that but it's kind of at this point where you can just get everything all the time right um but here i think that things are these are so much more seasonal so there is Yangmei season there's mandarin orange season you know there's pomelo season e- even watermelon season is like this huge amazing thing here right and so you really kind of I-, I think that bar bars and restaurants really bank on those seasons to change their menus and things like that So, like mark said you're not going to see a Yangmei cocktail or something like that you know um in, oh, yeah. in, in the middle of mm-hmm. winter or something,
0: and some of them summer hived very short. Season. Like young may is like yeah. end of May throughout of June. Yeah. Right, yeah, um, yeah. and so like people do have to jump on it right away. Like yeah. they plan ahead of time right. specifically for that
1: yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, and the cool thing is you do the young may infused baijiu, which is absolutely fantastic.
2: Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of like local. If you go to a lot of uh, any smaller city or you go out to the countryside, people make a lot of their own they would call it wine, right? So, like, Yang you know, young, young may wine is really, really delicious. Just, like, a sweet, nice berry wine, which is what Logan's talking about. And that's great with some, like, far south food and relaxation. And, yeah, I don't, want to, I don't
1: know. You're, you're absolutely correct. There is a lot of um, local stuff that comes out only seasonal. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, uh, I fell in crawfish. Mm-hmm. Only comes out one time of the year that you're supposed to eat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you go crazy for crawfish for, like, a month. Yeah, same with hairy
3: crab. Hairy crab, yeah. So we did a whole hairy crab program in Boroski. So we started putting it into sherry, yellow, because sherry and yellow wine are very similar. So we started putting it through sherry and making cocktails with hairy crab. Um, and yeah, we got back to it, really good one again. Aged tangerine, tangerine peel. So here there's a really big market for like old looking tangerine peel. It looks terrible. Yeah, the infusions and stuff from it, are amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. So, uh, what's something else?
3: Uh, the tea, go back to tea. Pure tea that is wrapped in that a- aged tangerine peel. So, there's a whole, there's like two or three farms in Yunnan. They wrap the pure inside the peel and then they age it even more.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember I tried it at, at the bar, at
3: your bar. Yeah. So, we uh, we did a tea room pop up for a while where we played around with these like old teas and these expensive teas.
2: So, for our listeners, we're talking about poor tea, which is at P.U. Uh, apostrophe E R, which is from the uh, Yunnan province. There's actually a a, Only a town. Yeah, yeah. There's a town called poor which you know the majority of the tea will come from. Um, so we're not saying pure tea; we're saying poor
1: tea. <laughs> is this the tea that has kind of a stamp on it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Just very sort of at home. Sometimes it suddenly they look like a a large coin. Yeah. I would say, and it has a stamp. So the tea is pressed like into a disc. Yes. Yeah, pressed into a disc and aged. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, China takes tea very seriously. Yes. And so, I mean, it's one of those ancient types we don't get to see enough, but it
3: is an amazing thing about being here. Yeah. kids some fantastic teas.
2: Mm-hmm. What uh, any other kinds
3: of teas that you Um, Pure and oolong. Because yeah. I feel like oolong, we only have one type of oolong in the West, in the UK and the USA, but I think I've come across at least 12, 15 different types of oolong tea alone yeah. while being in China. Yeah. Milk oolong being one of my favorites
2: of uh, you guys also did um i remember you had a spring tea syrup in the spring which is like the earliest harvest of uh, of a certain type of tea i don't remember what kind
3: a certain type of green tea maybe white tea as well is another one we started looking at because white tea is something i like i've been fortunate enough to work in bangkok hong kong and now here in shanghai and like you learn about these flavors but like tea is something we've really deep dived in because yeah. it's, it's so vast and there's, there's so many different ones and every province has its own little thing that grows tea so,
2: can you give us like an example of a cool kind of cup, tea
3: cocktail? So, ne- Negronis are naturally apt for tea. Mm-hmm. So, you can alter one of the three things. So, like we use the white tea in the vermouth. So, we would CV the uh, just white vermouth. We make a white Negroni. Mm-hmm. CV the white tea and the white tea flowers because they're really bitter. So, they add more bitterness into the vermouth so that makes this Negroni really dry. Mm-hmm. This. <laughs> and oolong, we did a peach oolong So Starbucks in Shanghai does peachy oolong yeah like in the summer it's peachy long everything mm-hmm, right. so we tapped into that we did peach peachy long by high, like highballs peachy long old fashions we had a whole week you do kind of like a julep we did a julep right? peachy long julep yeah. yeah so yeah we to so tease an obvious one Teas are really easy one.
1: but it's, it's such a cool thing because like to be honest with you i don't like i'm not a tea person rather like drinking tea it just yeah it doesn't come naturally in my mindset um about my wheelhouse mm-hmm. i would say like my i making drink you're not going to get tea stuff out of it yeah just i don't think about it yeah but living here we have such a cool contact with tea almost maybe for granted if you're a bartender it's so easy to be like oh tea this tea that tea that yeah but like there's so many different teas that we'd ever mess with yeah oh yeah. i would say a lot of bar- oh that's another one a lot of bartenders i think at will
2: use something like a lapse on the soup chong because like a quite smoky tea right and a lot of people will put that in the drink but i don't see as much variety as like a place like jay broski would be using like really experimenting but
3: well, we've gone full circle in jay broski we have so the, i'm the only foreigner that works there so for everything that they take for granted is all new for me but the same way especially with tea i've bought tea from the uk into jay broski so like yorkshire tea and we have this yorkshire tea that tastes like biscuits have been dumped in it because that's what we do so we have a tea bag that tastes like biscuits and tea and they they equally the chinese staff have found it fascinating that that's what we drink. So, like, we will mess with their tea and then they've taken our tea and sort of ran with it at the same time.
2: Oh, yeah. You got, and you guys have done some, like, raspberry or bray, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Chinese stuff.
3: So, we'll we're, we're sort of, yeah, the botanical side of things. If we can find something that's obviously from our part of the world that's not necessarily here, mm-hmm. yeah. it's equally sort of taken. So, like, I'll play with everything, but they will this new for the Chinese stuff as well. So, they'll take it and be like, well, what do I want to do with this?
2: You also, uh, you also recently. Did a special gin with crimson pangolin didn't you so did. so what are you what were you kind of thinking when
3: you were choosing the botanicals for that so we wanted so there's lots of dry gins in the world in london dry gins its own type of gin we wanted to do the idea was a chinese dry gin
1: before we go into dry gin just for our listeners at home uh can you explain what a dry gin is versus like a regular dry gin
3: so like london dry gin is where the juniper is present throughout the whole process so every single part of that making of that gin the juniper has to be the it doesn't have to be a lot of it, but it, it could be different amounts, but it has to be present to be called London Dry Gym. So, like an uh, example, like a famous. It's the Tanqueray, Tanqueray, Beef Eater, yeah, London number one, that's in China. That's in China. Those those are classically yeah. London Dries. Make all the classic cocktails generally come from probably both of those, to be honest. Tanqueray's in most things. Gotcha. Uh, Would it be a dry Gin? London number one's a dry gym. There's not, there's not as many as there was. Jensen's, the Jensen's, is, I don't think it's in China though.
2: Bombay Sapphire.
3: Bombay Sapphire is, well, behind my own views of Bombay Sapphire, but yeah, it <laughs> would be, a it would be one. Try, right? There's like Bombay Sapphire has too many ingredients to really. me. It's like, it's oh. like a village. Oh, it's just somebody sitting on the couch for four to listening. I just want a sec. You know what I mean? Gordon, the yeah, obvious, like the biggest run, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Gordon's is everywhere. Okay. um Things like Hendrix, uh Porters. All, all the other gins are generally classed as botanical gins. Oh. So that's, you can start with anything but juniper and then just finish the gin with juniper and it could be classed as a gin.
1: And the dry generally are just not sweet.
3: Not so much. The, there's more juniper flavor. London and the dries are generally stronger in terms of that traditional gin flavor. Gotcha. So when we started with the whole Crimson Pangolin, it's called Jungle Gin. The only reason for that is where it's made. It's in the middle of the jungle in Changsha. This is a, it was a hot place when I was there. <laughs> it, was <so> <laughs> it was so hot, yeah. We um, were walking around the distillery, and the distillery's on, so that's not a cold process, obviously. Is it hot? And we're walking around in 40 degree heat anyway, dying, genuinely dying. <laughs> we also drank about 20 litres of water that day. It was horrible. But, um, yeah, so the whole process was to make a Chinese dry gin. So with Crimson, the alcohol is actually made in China as well. So the base spirit was made in Changsha. And then we've added juniper, Angelica, Oris... So, those two are really important for Jim, but no one talks about them. Where does Jellicoe? So, Angelica, they're roots, primarily. So, I feel like I've seen them on like Corn <laughs> 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 and Deers. So, that's a different website. Um,
2: it's like this craggly. Angelica is like the craggly.
3: Right. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: See,
3: no cursing for me. Just... There we go. I've done really well. I'm amazed. I'm not swore yet. I'm really happy.
2: Go like... really long
3: they're really yeah, they're, they're, they, yeah. they look he like you ever seen uh, Salad Fingers you ever watch that video there's this famous video it's called Salad Fingers where there's this old lady with the leg and anyway. it's like an ugly gin's yeah oh, that's a better way to, than Salad Fingers don't watch Salad Fingers it's terrifying yeah
1: we <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's creepy but anyway um, they're, they're what's called fixative botanicals so when you put them in a still they stop other volatile flavours from becoming dominant so okay. they'll, they both come from like the perfume world. So both of them were in the perfume industry before they were in the distilling industry. And a lot of things have been taken from both worlds and they, inter- they intertwine quite a lot. But um, they're really powerful flavors. So orris, if you leave it for like five, six years, it develops and breaks down and it becomes super, super strong. So perfumers will pay top, top dollar for the best orris, basically, because it be cool. it carries flavors. So if you have your aftershaves and stuff, it's 100% got orris and Angelica in it and it helps carry the flavours, it keeps the flavours prominent, so it keeps you smelling for longer. But in the still, because it's a volatile place, it's really hot, it's boiling, different things happen, things break down in a different way. So what they do is stop juniper becoming too acrid, they'll stop sugars becoming too sweet. So they're really, really important. If you have a gin without any of those in, you've either got an incredibly talented distiller or a bad gin. There's no middle ground. (laughs) 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 Well, I think that's
1: because we have people here, especially about gin. Most gins are 43 to 45, Yeah, anything over like 47, 48 becomes overproof. Sort of. yeah. But like, so we were having this discussion before about like some vodkas. Mm. And if you have a vodka that's like 35% flavored, they're just adding a flavoring compound
3: to it. Yeah, they're letting it down.
1: They're letting like, it down, they're yeah. it down with flavor. So for the gin, I mean, obviously we, with, with the temperature of Hendrix and Beefeater Pink, you're not really getting too many fruit or vegetable flavored gins out there. Yeah.
2: Uh, I feel like there, it's, there could be more. Like, hockey number one there's an abundance of.
3: The best, there's there. thousands of fruit gins. Yeah. 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 But maybe we're not seeing it here. They're liqueurs, though, and like they're, they're not classic yeah. gins.
1: Yeah, I'm not yeah. Like a slow gin. Like I know there's a saffron gin. I just said there's a lot. Amazing. There's
3: a lot of. But you've got to look at how you would use that botanical. So, like Hendrix is a good one to go back to. Yeah. So that's cucumber, rose, and chamomile. Famously. You can't put any of them in a still. Because they'll just burn. They'll just go to shit. They'll taste just... the like Even the, the caramel. Yeah, they, they, they don't use dry caramel. Because it's too big a flavor. So what they do is they filter. So they'll distill the gym. And make a traditional London gym. Let mm-hmm. the dry. And then they filter it through cucumber. So the letting down process is three steps. Oh, interesting. And then they take on the flavor. So that's why it doesn't taste massively of any of them. It's got a little bit of all of them.
1: For the big leagues, Hedrick and did such a cool thing with what they
3: did. But she had a garden, Grace, the woman who distills that is like a living legend, especially in like our world where, because part of my degree, I did my dissertation in distilling. Yeah. So I went and I really deep dived into it. And with her, she had a she had a whole, Hendrix has a whole botanical garden. You can go and walk around it. And she cultivated that for them before Hendrix was even a thing. Very cool. It was whole her idea. She was like, oh, we've got a lot of this, a lot of this and a lot of this. What should we do? And William Grant is still a family-owned business, so yeah. they were like, well, what do you want to do with it? And then that's how the whole thing started. That's very cool, yeah. Well,
2: so what are so what are the what else is in your... <laughs> what else is it, back to your gin, what, what's in there besides kind of oh. the to
3: So uh, Angelica Norris, and then we've got uh, litzi which is a traditional Chinese peppercorn. But it doesn't have the same characteristics as peppercorn. It's more lemony, it's more citrus. So it's like a, a flavor grinder you would buy, like a lemon pepper grinder. This naturally has that flavour. Um, green tea, mm-hmm. monk fruit. So again, we've taken the local green tea, local yeah. green tea from yeah. China. Um Monk fruit, which is a traditional Chinese medicine, they they take here for throat problems. So if you've got a dry throat or sore you'll drink monk tea fruit and uh, oh, drink monk tea tea, sorry, and eat the fruit. But we put dry pellets in for the sweetness because it's also an artificial sugar.
2: Well, yeah, you can use um. It's actually very popular for like low sugar baking. You can find mum fruit sugar. Do you guys know that? And like you use it as a replacement instead of like Stevia or something like that. Or, like functions. When we went to do the distillation, I tried I tried a piece of like the dried a dried segment of the fruit, right? Is what it what it was. Which I mean like
3: the pellets. So they, they take all the fruit and then they dehydrate it into a flat. Yeah.
2: So the, so eating the pellet, I mean it was it was kind of like eating a piece of a stick, but it was very, very sweet. Yeah, it was it was really quite sweet and it had that um oh well, yeah, a similar flavor, honestly, to what like a stevia. a stevia. Yeah. But then once it went into the gin, like it was it did not add like a huge it, sweetness. It I
3: don't know, it uh, Pre- theory,
2: right? Yeah, like it it's a it's a you had it in your own fruit or not?
3: I have we involved. had, <laughs> <we> had it <involved. laughs>
2: yeah. roll. What I needed they did not make for a sweet gin is like
3: the way it balanced out because Mark knows what he's doing. You know, it was just But then the last the last thing we did was um so our bars sustainably minded. It's nearly impossible. In F and B it's really difficult to be fully sustainable. So we do everything that we can. Um one of the things we did for the for the two weeks running up to the still, we kept all the squeeze lemons and limes, so all the husks. And then I went to Changsha with a suitcase full of lemons and limes and no clothes and got really weird search in the airport. So <laughs> <laughs> They thought, they thought they'd really know what to do, to be honest. He just asked if I was a chef. I said yes, and then I got let through.
0: <laughs>
3: but I was getting on a plane to Changsha with just lemons and limes and no clothes. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a weird one. And then they was went into really the still. He was trying to get security naked. Yeah, yeah. No pants on. Yeah. At least he's got a shirt on.
1: They're no. scan, scan me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we took the lemons and limes from the bar and then we put them into the still so we use part of the j Busky bar process as in that as is every bottle of the gin that we make yeah so yeah it's going really well first yeah. i think it's awesome um, how's it selling kelvin yeah. you're the you're the business development well
2: so uh you you mentioned uh, so we, in part of this you mentioned chinese medicine like just for a second right so what do you do you ever any of you ever have like guests coming in kind of asking for Drinks that would have some kind of element in Chinese medicine, or do you try to do anything like that? I mean, like I know that now, so we play with that, right? Yeah,
1: because if it's something maybe out of our hands that we don't know is like really important Chinese medicine, <laughs> you get in trouble. Yeah, like it's on a menu, and like they're like, "Oh hey, yeah, this is uh something that maybe is regulated for headaches." Yeah, I'm trying to be general. Yeah. <laughs> no. But like I know, there's been stuff that we've done things at the nightclubs where like all of a sudden like oh you can't do this. This is yes Chinese medicine. You had to buy this from the pharmacy. You can- right. And I
2: think that actually some some things are bit controlled like that. Like even the Angelica and
1: or certain things like
3: yeah. that. Right. Like, you have to. Double, yeah. We couldn't get the Angelica and delivered to us. We had to get it sent to the distillery because they have the license to distill. Yeah. So they could therefore order it and take it. If I tried to do it for the bar, 100% we'll get it. But the other thing with the Chinese medicine is Fene and Amaro is the flavor profile of both of those is very, very similar to Chinese medicines. Yeah. So whenever we make drinks with Amaro and Fene, the first thing any guest will say is this tastes like Chinese as medicine.
1: I mean, I think we've done stuff like even like uh, quinine for tonic. Mm. Yeah. We know uh, Western tonic is different than it is in China because the tonic levels, the quinine is different because it's a
3: Chinese medicine. I don't know. Oh, is it? yeah. But it's secret license in Asia, though. Yeah. Like, didn't. You know, yeah. wow. It's
1: licensed. It's part of TCM.
3: It's dangerous as well. Yeah. It is, right? But you can it kill me. An
1: <laughs> Man, I've been trying on Kelvin for, like, what? How many years, though? It's been a while.
3: The stars have worked. Yeah. I told a story the other day about, in Thailand, I was doing some work with a hotel group, and one of the bartenders had made his own tonic water. And he was really happy. at like, real risky, yeah, super yeah. dangerous. But he was like, oh, let me show you this tonic water. And I'm like, instantly, I knew I was... Probably not going to try this yeah. but he pulled out the jaw and it was a little bit of orange wow. and i was like no <laughs> i was like i'm not going nowhere near that
2: <laughs> I was like, oh. oh my gosh
3: yeah and he thought it was a good idea he 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 was all about it i was like no not free to each their own.
2: yeah for i'm not gonna try any how many tonic but yeah so uh back to botanicals crew are there any uh flavors that you've had like some interesting Chinese botanicals in a drink that any of you have that's like been memorable. Anything you can think of that you really
0: loved? Uh, I wouldn't say it was memorable in flavor, but it was just like kind of cool. Uh, Buddha's hand, for
2: example. Yeah. yeah, Buddha's hand citrus that looks like a hand. Yeah, what we'll happened
1: hanger One and the vodka.
3: It's is as gin as well. There's a gin in China called that has butter found. So,
0: for listeners at home, it, it looks, I mean, color-wise, it's a lot like a lemon. It's a citrus fruit, but it dangles upside down like a mangled hand almost. Um, and one of the cool things about it is that it, it doesn't actually have any pulp on the inside. It's pretty much it's just, right. yeah, like it, it's just the skin, like all the way through.
2: That's crazy. That's what, that, And that's one of the, like do um, one of the main flavor elements in another quite popular Chinese gin, which is peddler's gin. I mean, they're yeah. hard enough for using the Buddhist hand yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, what else? Osmanthus is my favorite.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is really delicious. Hi, but I mean, it's that smell you get only in October here. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, wow, this is an
3: amazing city. You can have. But it is a very Shanghai flavor as well. Like if you do that, if you use a outside of Shanghai, it won't be nearly as popular as if you did it.
2: Actually, that's not true, right? So here, I'll be concerted. So I used to live in uh, Guilin in Guachi province and actually the name Queen, it, it comes from strain because they it, they grow uh, locally there and so one of the like one of, they have these things called like five, they have like the five treasures of Guilin and one of them is actually like a five joe that has osmanthus in it like that has flour Trust, yeah um and so it, it's actually it's very very popular down there as well amazing there was a while in
0: in shanghai i i see less and less of this nowadays but we were talking about Sisuan peppercorn being in everything in terms of like cocktails it's like a huge trend uh osmanthus i feel like rode kind of like the same train for for beers in shanghai a lot of beers brewing mm. stuff with osmanthus. Yeah, as well, yeah,
2: that's true. But I mean, osmanthus is a great one because of, you know not only in cocktails and as a drink and whatever, but it's also used quite a lot in desserts. You know, like it, it's quite versatile in its flavor. Like it's floral but sweet, and it's really so nice. So I, you know, I do love it in a in a drink as well. Yeah,
0: has a very distinct scent to it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You um, some other something else. I like I, I dates. I really
3: yeah. I was gonna say red dates. D- yeah, tequila. The red date tablets I really like. They are really the hard ones.
2: It, oh, it's like it's like a it's
3: got a little hole in it, it's like they've been dehydrated.
2: Oh no, that's um that's Hawthorn. Yeah, Wolfram. that's that's Hawthorn, which is like the it's almost like crab apple.
3: Yeah, I know a, yeah. Apple weeds out let me down.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so they make they'd make a um I know exactly the candy weird yeah. where Yeah, and they also make like a jelly kind of thing as well. That it's like a fruit letter from pawthorn but
1: yeah, the little tablets are you. You maybe they make date ones as well, but they're usually. See what yeah. I think is happening, and it's an unfortunate thing is we're losing a lot of old China. Mm-hmm. Like I could tell you, like twenty, yeah, years ago, Five years ago, I could walk down the street and they have that black. Uh, they had, uh walnuts, everything, yeah. shrimp. Like street vendors were making walnuts for you, and the crab apples that were.
2: Coated in sugar on the stick.
1: Yeah. It still has been in Beijing a lot. It's yeah. like basically like candied hawthorn. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. see all in the place and it's yeah. so fun to have. Yeah. And that you can make cocktails out of. Or there was even the thing that was very interesting when they would take a cold stone and make uh, the sugar drawings on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, they dip in strawberries, the same sugar and you'd have like. Yeah. They'll do that still in, in tourist area Like. Shows of I can hear Yeah. 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 I really have it like I...
2: It's not, it's not, it, in Shanghai at least, it's not. Like there there isn't any street food culture in Shanghai anymore. Yeah. And
1: I think if you go anywhere else in China you still be Which is thinking it's just a sham because you had such cool like experiences to something maybe you wouldn't try because that one, but oh I could do fat with this. I know. And then I add booze to it, make it better. Yeah. I mean that's the But yeah. Yeah, I, was, I mean I think we could be doing stuff with like Shaolin Chan. Like somebody does a lobster gin, right?
3: Yeah, we have it in the bar at the minute. Yeah. It's just, it it's an insane thing. And when you actually read how they've done it and stuff, there's like 60 kilos of lobster per still. And when you bear in mind like how big a still is and how much lobster that is, yeah. there's not a lot of space for anything else. In fact, I'd be, I'd, be Juniper in there to call it gin, legally, but I don't think there'd be much else. Because there's no point, because there's so much lobster in it. Yeah. And we've got a butcher's gin as well, we have another, just uh, made like a petuga. So a where is like, you hang meat in the still and let the juices drip in. But this one's got a Chateaubriand that hangs inside. And then they mm-hmm. cut the gin down with that oh, nice. one of my first ideas when we were talking about with crimson about doing a gin was with part of crimson's company is obviously papi one of our friends he's a uh, Colombian, and we would try to do a pachuga gin oh. and the idea was to do a shanghai sort of pork belly and cherries oh. and that
1: but a is a turtle isn't it now but you get it chicken. It's, chicken. It's,
3: chicken. it's chicken yeah but it, the, the term carries across it's so chicken. as long as you put meat in it that's a bit hot, yeah. No one would have bought
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that. Yeah, Bats, how later did he show to recording?
3: <laughs> no, so we're just gonna trash pangolins for 20 minutes.
1: But for say, I tried to stop Logan from. Well, how hard is it? You've said to do flash wii your phone attempts. <laughs> <My> opinion, <fam. laughs> On, I'm not peeing, fam. i don't know. That is slander. I got dark, quick. Cue and fudge in
2: with pangolin. Oh my
1: God, about.
2: Oh we're not gonna do that because pangolin is an endangered species protect it, highly protect it.
0: Yeah, we do not condone of this.
2: No real pangolins.
1: I the other guy, if you wanted to pangolin, <laughs> you. Do you remember like uh, what do they say in um uh the Addams family when they the Girl Scouts come to the house and the Girl Scouts said, like, Oh, do you want the Girl Scout cookies? And then uh, the little Adams family girl goes, Is it made with real Girl Scouts? <laughs> It's so dark. How you, Is it made with real Brow Scouts? But <laughs> <laughs> I think about Crystal Penguin every time.
2: Kaleida, we're so sorry.
1: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's some botanicals. I think we, we for, especially for our guests listening at home, I think they have an idea of what we see for. Uh, what's maybe the craziest botanical you would imagine in a product? Like, is there a whiskey that could use some
3: bit botanicals that maybe just we don't do it with? Is there something like that? I think I think in China you can't mess with whiskey too much because it's such a it's this big spirit. Yeah. You start from botanicals in it. People like on it.
1: Well, good for making a cocktail, like not making not distilling, but like making a cocktail with a nice Chinese botanical that's not just a gin. So I think we hit gin. We've got
3: Chinese tonka beans now. So this is the green one, right? So well, tonka beans, no, they're like kidney beans, like black yeah. kidney beans. But again, um, they're regulated in the US and in England. Because they, they have a compound in them that can shut down your liver if you have too many of them. Much, right? Yeah. The One is that we didn't even talk about was sorghum. It's like...
2: Sorghum, yeah, which is what is used to...
3: To make baijiu.
0: Yes. I mean, it's not, we don't really use it in anything else, but in China it is widely used for, you know, the massive uh, baijiu. Well,
2: what would be the difference between a grain and a botanical?
3: Grains don't generally impart flavor; they just right. give you sugars and carbs no. to make alcohol. Yeah, mm-hmm. so
2: maybe that's a yeah,
3: grain. It's grain, it's bit deciders.
2: Well, I know that you guys, um, you guys did an infusion about a spirit with ginseng, didn't you?
3: We did ginseng, but that's another thing that we we didn't get in trouble for. But a lot of people did comment on the Chinese medicine side of ginseng, and how we were doing it. And yeah. I'm quite fortunate that I don't don't black, but. If, if ever get in trouble with ingredients and things like that, I can just sort of play dumb and be like, oh, I've been here, no time, really yeah. sorry, <laughs> like, hey, my bad. And just sort of play dumb about it, but it tastes delicious. Was it American ginseng <laughs> or was it Chinese ginseng? Chinese ginseng.
1: Because apparently more Chinese buy American ginseng, like there's this weird cross, I and mean, all the ginseng from the US goes to China, all the Chinese ginseng goes to the
3: US. They don't have as many fingers though, is it? Because ginseng is all about how many yes. roots. And I don't think the Chinese ones generally, the more American ones get. Bigger roots is yeah. than the Chinese ones. It's a, it's
1: a weird cross thing where like everybody in China buys American ginseng. It's always asking yeah. It's just, I don't know what it is, but like the Chinese ginseng, just they of married. speech. of the US, we like that good, good, uh, you know, altering, altering the genes of. Honestly, actually yeah. read dinko too, I guess I'm at, uh, thiko is not too much flavor, but
3: dinko. Dinko beans are good though. Yeah. Like if you cook them out, really good flavor. Just, a, yeah, yeah. A little, a little for a little, bitter, for good, a little good way. way uh but is that a tcm like i don't think ginkgo beans are i don't think so because they're not like using my ginkgo biloba they're this, the
2: dessert and such. yeah actually maybe a-
3: they're a big part of korean desserts that was untied entire dessert good. yeah the shaved ice you put ginkgo beans on top of the shaved ice yeah. you can cook them down and make it really soft they're really good really really good. <laughs> really grilled
1: grilled ginkgo beans yeah they have them all something like uh it's not, t- not t-
0: uh, uh, the Japanese barbecue places. Tappanaki. Er, no, sorry. Uh, yakitori. Yakitori, yeah. Yeah. Oh, thing.
1: Here we are. I don't think I had one. Oh, next Sand- oh, they're delicious. Mm. Next time we'll get, we'll get some for you.
3: A crust. It's not botanical, but it's. It's not a botanical. But it's... It's a, botanical. What a thing. It's a thing. Are, I think it still fits in the
1: category. Um, what we consider, uh, Tropical. What what's the word I'm looking for? We're looking for something that's not our our common knowledge. Exotic. Yeah. And Giko, I think, is exotic enough. You know? A Western folk. Yeah. Yeah, It would be pretty exotic. I guess. Giko's exotic. I mean, same thing. Like if you do like fish oils, stuff so like that. There there are things in China that you have that are delicious. Yeah. If you didn't have them, you're like, oh my god, I don't know why I don't have this flavor in my life. So like vinegars is another thing. Like, try vinegar.
2: I love vinegar. Try. I love to try
1: these vinegar. Was amazing taste
3: we have black vinegar in the bar right now so like from uh, the head bartender and jay brosky he's from shanxi which is yeah vinegar for vinegars yeah. so he bought some black vinegar down back like when he went home last time and we still have it now so we we cook it into a syrup and make it one of our syrups on the bar.
1: Ooh. yeah
3: so then daiquiris anything with a heavy citrus just a tiny like five mil of vinegar in there it's just unreal
1: that's the thing, certain flavors, you just don't know to come to a foreign country like this, and you're like, oh wow, yeah, my flavor profile has changed, and you go back home, you're like, oh wow, it's so kind of plain yeah. in certain things, you know?
3: Yeah. But here, people are very territorial as well, like, all of all our team in Boroski are all from different regions of China, and all of them have their own, like, they'll, they'll have verbal arguments about whose region does X, Y, or Z better, yeah, yeah. For sure. so like, Pung again, <laughs> Pung won't eat noodles. Anywhere outside of Shanxi, because he, in his <laughs> mind is like, we make the best noodles. Why would I eat shit noodles? So, <laughs> so like, so we, um, His nickname is the Potato um, Noodle Nazi. True, someone yeah, some potato.
2: Someone bring in some sample food and remember, I had to force oh,
3: him. To try the noodles. It's so, so
2: funny. I gonna eat it. I, just why would I? I was like, just try them, damn it. <laughs> I eat it.
3: And it's the same with like Jasmine. Jasmine's a Cantonese member of staff, and she always brings up all kinds of sweet pineapple things every time she goes home. And we don't eat them. We put them in a the rotovac, and we'll cut. We'll put them into spirits, or we'll infuse them into something. So we end up having this whole bar just of regional, weird flavors. Which is awesome. Yeah, which is great. It's the thing nobody understands back at home. I didn't how right.
1: different China is. How how multi-ethnic yep. everything is. Like there's Han Chinese, but there's like 53, three, fifty six ethnicities in the country. Mm-hmm. So like you have these amazing food people, you know
3: yeah rare. This is it's it's a weird one white rabbit is another one it's not a botanical but i think we should quickly yeah
2: white rabbit candy is like this
3: it's hyper regional for here
2: (laughs) so white rabbit is um a really old school chinese candy or sweet and it's like a milk flavored taffy almost what we would call taffy in the us but like a chewy uh candy and it's wrapped in rice paper and actually it's really been spreading to the rest of the world now i think you know white rabbit you can get more and more in a lot of places but um the definitely different chinese brands from like huge milk tea brands to individual bars and stuff will use white rabbit to make things like there's been white rabbit ice cream white rabbit milk tea and they did a white rabbit infusion at
3: well we, all, well. we have a right white, white rabbit gin at the minute yeah. that we did on the road it's,
2: it's and it's really delicious and one of their bartenders made a cocktail with that had some like kaffir lime leaf Um, and and a little bit of uh, mead, which uh, was from our friend Fosti, Listen to our mead episode. And it was just, it was so delicious. Uh, And yeah, there's like a lot of, you know, using kind of these these flavors that are very common in China that people would never anticipate or expect, I think. Being from outside of, you know, being outside China and thinking about what Chinese flavors can go into something. Yeah. There was something else that I wanted to Say, but now I forgot what it was.
3: Oh, uh-huh, well. Yeah. Part two. One, two. Save,
1: <laughs> save it. for part two. Save it for part two. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, um, Mark, thank you so much for gracing us with your time and your presence. knowledge. yeah. So Alicia with the knee. Thank you, as always. Kelvin, you did nothing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just condoning fine lines. <laughs> the heavy pathetic dear. He
1: is the head that wears the <laughs> Great guys, thank you so much and uh, Cheers. Cheers. cheers.